looking forward to week eight. Already week eight out of 18. Eight. Feels like we just literally were talking about week seven a couple days ago. Yeah, now we're into week eight. And next thing you know, it's halfway halfway mark in next week. It's going to be November. Yep. So all new season and weather's starting to get a little worse. Yeah, man. That Eastern Eastern Conference is definitely going to be feeling the effects of the weather, I think, the most. Yep. Going to be sun and rain, mostly on the western and southern oh. sides. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even see, even like for Seattle, their uh, winter weather is like this. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Oh, so for this is uh, like, you know, like, oh, it's cold. It's uh, eight degrees Celsius. There's no wind, uh, no snow. Yeah. Uh, Sun, a little, maybe a little bit of rain randomly here and there, but like for the most part, this ain't too bad. Sun or rain weather. Back and forth, sun and rain mostly. If the rain comes, it's for a bunch of days. If the sun comes, usually it'll uh, put together. But there's no days. extreme like no. cold weather, there's no snowstorms. Except for that two weeks we usually get. Which is random. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like for football games, sometimes it hits it, sometimes it doesn't yeah. even do anything. And then you got some places right now, you get a full-on snowstorm coming on this week. KC Denver, man. That's going to be good, man. I'm looking forward to some games in the snow. It always looks so cool on TV. Yeah, hell yeah. Might not score a lot of points. Yeah, hell yeah. But, I mean, wow. Denver Denver doesn't score a lot of points, even with good weather anyways. So I think this is why for this kind of matchup, that's going to be beneficial for it Denver. Helps, it helps if you have a good running game because yeah. now the passing game, depending on how bad it's snowing too, and it's saying if it's a snowstorm, yeah. and then you're not going to be able to throw the ball very much. And when you do throw it, like passing game always drops. Yeah. First thing in cold weather temperatures, no matter what, the, even scoring in general is going to drop because passing game drops. Yeah. The running game you're going to need – and if you look at which teams have the better run game, I would probably give it to KC just because Mahomes is another guy who can run as well. Yep. Whereas Wilson is kind of like a statue in the pocket now. Like he can run. He's been running more this year and he's been better offensively, yep. but he's coming off a game against KC where he had 93 yards passing on like 20 attempts. Yeah. That's a good game if you're a running back, not if you're a quarterback. No, no. And I think you're right. This is going to be a running game, I think, for – Honestly, the overs on everybody, Mahomes, Wilson, whoever it is, everybody's running is going to be over just because that's what the game they're all going to have to go to. Especially like when you got slipping and sliding, offensive lineman, defensive lineman in front of you and you have an opening to run, mm -hmm. you're going to have to kind of take it because you can't throw it mm -hmm. and you don't want to lose that yardage. And then when the freaking weekends and everybody's looking at like, hey, this guy had an open lane to run, he didn't take it. So both guys are going to have to risk their bodies, I think, in this game. It's going to be a dangerous game, I think, on both sides. <laughs> well, the one thing that I think plays into where it helps KC even more is their defense is good in all weather. Yeah. So now their defense should be better, whereas Denver's defense hasn't been good all year, right? They gave up 70 points in a game. Everyone, They have improved the last few games. Like, they played good against KC last time they played against them. Yep. They played better against, ah, uh, shoot, who did they play last week? Who was that? They uh, they played somebody the other week, and they were actually like had two good games in a row defensively. Um, Denver Broncos, one yeah, with Chicago. Okay, that that and that, and, and then there was one other one too. I think or may I think there was one other team that they played um, recently right now, and they're finally after being you know, being lit up for so many games yeah. in a row. They're finally starting to figure out how to play. Uh, so remember the Denver was like a uh, Chicago was like a back and forth or something that game, right? Yeah, but that was a bit more. They played. That was a few games ago. They played Broncos. 
Um, they played and they played uh, old Packers. There we go. Yeah, they beat Packers. They, right? they beat them. They only yeah. gave up 17 points yeah. to the Packers. They gave them 19 to the Chiefs. Yeah. And then prior to that, I know they gave up 31 against the Jets. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? That's not bad. 25 points or not 25 points, 37 points given up in the last game. They're, now their offense has been the one giving them issues. They've only yeah. scored 27 points in the last two games combined. Yeah, Judy sucks. Judy sucks. <laughs> I have mean, to say it. Like, he, I mean, he's a, what is just another guy. He's just another, another guy. Sutton, Sutton doing his job. Sutton, was. but he needs, but the thing with Sutton, I think if you want to put him in an ideal situation, he should be your number two receiver. Yeah. Not your number Which, one. She's playing for right now a really good number two. You still yeah. need a, that. They're still missing a number one. He's playing a solid two. He's a solid two, but at solid. the same time, they're missing a number one. Yeah. Right? They're missing a number one quarterback. And and even they're in a tough spot themselves just because Peyton, they've, you know, they've paid all this money, Peyton. They've yeah. obviously paid all this money to Wilson. They've given up all these draft picks for both guys. At least for Denver, they finally. I mean, do they actually owe Seattle any more picks? I feel I like it's. Uh, so. I think they've given up enough, right? I think, yeah, I, I don't think. <laughs> I'm just saying, job. They gave up two ten, a top five and a ninth, I think overall. Uh, I think we got right? like running backs out of that. Uh, who else did we? You guys pick? picked up a cornerback and left cornerback, and then uh, who else did we pick up? The over your the guard or the guard left yeah. tackle last yeah. year, and then Noah Fant. And then uh, Witherspoon came out of that pit. I think Witherspoon's the big one. Like, yeah. Noah Fant, like, whatever. He's, Charbonnet. He's, like, the, he's like the jag, but for a tight end who keeps his mouth shut. Yeah. And the thing with Seattle is they have, like, no great tight ends, but they don't have any bad ones either. They cycle. They just have end. a damn two, three rotational. Three guys, they cycle end, right? the shit out of these guys. And they're all, like, no one knows who to exactly, yeah. uh, like, defend against them because none of them are bad, but none of them are elite. So it's that in weight. And then you've got, obviously... For Seattle right now, I mean, we might as well just talk to them as well. That's our next segue into that. Yeah. But Seattle's receivers, like Bobo stepped up last week. Yeah. Huge game for him. JSM. JSM, finally, like, he he's, he had those games. He got his opportunities, and he took advantage of them too. And obviously, they got Metcalf and Lockett. Metcalf's been not great this year. He's been good. Lockett, he's had some good games. He's also had some bad yeah. games on that side too. I know the Seattle offensive line just needs to get a little healthier because yeah. overall Geo hasn't been very good this yeah. year. Even though they've got good receivers, they just haven't. Their offense has been off, and not a big chunk of that has to do with Geno. And of course, Geno is a guy where you need protection up front, yeah. things around him to be well. He's not a guy who's going to lift the franchise, yeah. but he can be a really good quarterback if you give him enough around him. Yeah. And you know what? Only half game back of San Francisco all of a sudden. Yeah, hundred percent. That's going to be. A pretty good week because, yeah, on the opposite side, you know, Seattle's trying to obviously tie them for first. But mm -hmm. we got San Francisco, who's one of the best teams in the league. Got Debo not there, but Purdy comes back into action, which is going to be huge for them. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they traded their backups and whoever was going to be kind of being that main role guy. Now it's Purdy and whoever's in that backfield. Uh, they've lost two in a row, right? Yeah. They've lost two yeah. in a row. They... They're not like obviously Seattle knows about them, but the uh, Bengals defense has been really good. Yeah. Right. And McCaffrey isn't 100%. Debo missed last game. I think is Debo out. Debo's out this game too, right? Time, but I think he's out. Yeah. And then Kittle is going to be Kittle's one guy who I can see really doing a lot of damage, and he's done that. And Brandon Ayuk is 
Yeah. He's either capable of blowing up or having like a no-show of a game. So you just don't know. He's usually at least a 50-plus guy. You're hoping he gets like 100 if you're obviously looking for a guy like that on betting-wise or whatever it is. But he'll get you a 50-er. He'll grab like three catches for even 50 yards. And so if Seattle wins this week, which they're now playing. It's funny because basically uh, the 49ers have played Browns and then they played the Bengals. Yeah. And these guys have played the Bengals. Now they're playing the Browns. Yeah. And the Browns absolutely shut down defensively against 49ers. Yeah. Uh, lit up by the Colts. Yeah. Got saved by the refs at the end yeah. of the game. 100% they did. And now they're back to which version of the defense is going to show up this yeah, week in Seattle. It could be scary or hopefully, which I am praying they're not. <laughs> but that's the thing is up until last game, Garrett. they had been dangerously. Yeah. And, and even last game, Garrett still had like yeah. 10 tackles, two sacks, forced the fumble in the end zone, a strip sack, except recovery. Like, He's one guy capable of absolutely just just wrecking any game plan that Seattle has on their end too. Yep. And especially with Geno not playing so well recently, if they can't block for Geno, the run game is going to take a hit, obviously. Yep. They're not going to be able to pass as much. And he's when, on the other side of it, Seattle's defense plays better at home than they do on the road, for sure. Just the home crowd behind them, absolutely wild. But their defense hasn't exactly been great all year. They're God. They've had some really good players like uh, with Witherspoon. Now that they're finally starting to get healthy, maybe they're going to take that step forward. I mean, losing uh, what was the linebacker you guys lost recently too? Uh, the one you no Sue, but you're getting Frank Clark back, so hopefully he makes enough of a difference, right? We'll see what he can bring to the uh, the team this year as well. But Seattle's in a in a really interesting spot right now because I think they're one of the few teams who really really. Uh, need a playoff spot, need a playoff home game. The home game. We know they're honestly, if they play a 10 a.m. game or a short week on the road against somebody, they're probably going to be playing in the early slot too. They're not going to give them a late game like that. And Seattle does not do well on short trips, cross country, yeah. morning games when it comes to playoffs. And they have the two games, they are thinking, I think, middle uh, towards the end of November or the first part of uh, December. Both teams have rough schedules the next six weeks as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right? 49ers are, had a bunch of injury issues. They're underperforming. Seattle hung around. There were two games back. They've won a couple in a row now. Big game against the Browns this week, too. If they can win and maybe they, the other team loses again, all of a sudden they're going to be the div uh, divisional leader after yeah. week eight. Yeah. No, it's going to be good because I think biggest thing for Seattle has been like playing in the NFC West, you have to have a good defense. Like that's the only way that you're going to make it deep. Mm -hmm. And right now they, you know, first game of the season, they automatically, I think became one of the top worst, top five worst defenses yeah. in the league. Rams kind of blew them out. They got their ass rocked. And ever since then, they've been slowly climbing and they're ranked right now, the ninth uh, defense in the league. Right go now. back to a top 10 spot yeah. for them, right? From being the worst, basically, I would say from the first game and just getting stunned. I don't think anybody in the league got as stunned that first week. We kind of knew what was going to happen. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. And then now they've had to really turn around these rookies because they are pretty, they're one of the younger teams in the league too. I think there's like them Rams and somebody else that are yeah. just like really young teams. They have like 15 guys or more that are almost, Rookies, right, right. So I think they're really turning their shit around, and hopefully that like kind of plays a big role because they are going to need home games in the playoffs. Well, a hundred percent, and that's they're not a team who does as well on the road, and let's just face yeah. it. 
they have really good cornerbacks. I think for them, the big key is going to be, can they get enough pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz? Yeah. And if they can do that, obviously when you've got Tariq back there and Witherspoon playing the way he's doing, Diggs is back there on top of that. They have enough in their safety cornerback position to be able to actually cover guys. It's can their defense up front get pressure without having to blitz other teams? Because yeah. if you can get pressure like that, the cornerbacks, they're going to have their defense, like you said, it's top 10. Yeah. They've gone, their, their rush defense has been phenomenal all year. If anything, it's their pass defense that's going to be the biggest question mark. But at the same time, they're one of the teams who, if they can keep around like ninth overall, yeah. that's a, at yeah. the end of the season, you would take a top 12 defense. A top 10 defense is phenomenal. 12%. Even in that, anywhere in that range. Especially But the question for them now is, can they put everything together all at once? Because it always feels like with Seattle, you know, the running game is doing well. Their passes, their defense is doing well. Gino's putting up an egg, or yeah. Gino's lighting it up, and right. the run yeah. game can't do anything, yeah. or their defense. Like, there's always been something. One, the special teams have been consistent all year yeah. and solid. But can they put it together? And and you know what? Even after all that, they're four and two. They're playing. They're playing a Browns team that they should be able to yeah. win. But who knows what's gonna happen, man? True. So. Exactly. I mean, maybe maybe they'll make some moves. And speaking of moves, on top of that, yeah. trade deadlines on Tuesday. You know, they've already they signed Frank Clark. Who knows if they're going to make another move? I mean, yeah. that's usually not the Seattle style no. to necessarily make trades. Certainly but not. But you never know what might. You never know what's going to happen, depending on what happens after this Sunday. Um, speaking of well, I think I've mentioned this speaking already, but uh, the Commanders Eagles game. There are rumors out there that the Commanders are interested in maybe. Trading away Montez uh, Sweat, I believe, and what's the other? Chase Young's. Yeah, that's some two big guys that are on the board. Right? But they're three and four. They play Eagles. If they win, they're four and four. They have a because the NFC doesn't really have a lot of. I think we mentioned earlier in the season. You got two teams from the East, NFC East. You're probably gonna have two teams from the NFC West, right? That's four right there. You give uh, bro uh, lines most likely the other spot. That's five. Somebody from the NFC South is going to have to win that division. Yeah. Like, that's six right there. And then who's going to really be that seventh team? It's going to be a mix of Bucks, Saints, uh, Falcons, maybe Rams. Like, gonna be weird there's going to be a not good team making the playoffs as a number seven seed this year. Yeah, 100%. There's definitely going to be some, like, random teams that are going to be stuck at that spot. Like, I think the two guys that you brought up to Sweat and all these guys, they're actually like Sweat and Young. They were looking at four teams that could actually go for these guys, and it was Seahawks were one of the guys. Sense, yeah, because they were obviously looking for a guy. They now the flank guard kind of changes that. But he's, I think, Clark is more of a, a defensive, like not as much of a pass rusher, made difference maker. Yeah, but he's a good, he's a solid guy you want in your rotation. But I think they need a better player than Frank Clark. Yeah. That's for the, for that's I think that right? kind of might have changed them now for going for a top guy. They might end up going for a different trade, whereas like if they didn't grab this guy, they could have just went like maybe after Chase. They would have been more desperate. For yeah, now like I think too, right? they're going to kind of be scared of going for somebody bigger too and be like, yo, let's just see what this guy does. For but me. I think at the same time, I think if you're a Seahawks and you legit, you think you can win, Yeah. depending on the price of what yeah. these guys are going to be getting, if you can, you, you know what? You want to strengthen your pass. So you, if you have an extra guy yeah. up front, there's nothing wrong with that because those guys get hurt, they get injured, and you want to keep them fresh. Yeah. 
If you can make Frank Clark into a rotational depth piece, and you add a Chase Young or a Montez uh, Ford to that rotation, in a sack right now. I don't know if he's leading, but he's but he's, but he's, but he's uh, I don't know if he's a sack leader. He might be for Washington. I don't know if he's a sack leader overall, but that'd be pretty impressive for him to have uh, a numbers like that at this point of the season. Where's it? Oh, he got passed now. Yeah, he got passed by like Crosby, Jake Allen from the Jaguars, Cleo Mack, Garrett, and uh, TJ Watt have all passed him now. But he but, was leading at one point. But that, I mean, at the same time, like, He's still a good, good. Chase Young is right there too, man. She, he's that, and he missed a couple games too. Yeah, he's right there too. Actually, he's a half a sack away from Sweat. That's not bad. I mean, those are two, two top fifteen guys right? in sacks right now. I'm just gonna say this, and I say it, I think Crazy. almost every time Chase Young gets mentioned, is this team could have had Justin Herbert. Yeah, just 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 remember they could have also had uh, Tua, yeah. but Justin Herbert they really could have had. Uh, other teams right now looking at with trade deadline coming up. Tennessee, they're you know Tannehill's not playing this week. They haven't been looking good so far. They gave up uh, was a uh, buyer to the uh, Eagles. God damn right. I mean that's a good pickup for the Eagles, and for what they gave up was like a late fifth some swap. They've added DeAndre. They've added DeAndre Swift for late swaps. Like all the players they've traded for have been like nothing. And on top of that, now Henry and Hopkins are on the trade market as well. They said Henry's probably not going to get moved, but if you're a team looking for some receiver depth or running back depth, there's vultures right now, man, that are looking and they're, they smell the blood that the team's kind of going into that rebuild phase. And if they're already seeing trades like this, just giving away that kind of guy to yeah. the Eagles, like people are going to come in with offers now. So it's just now going to be, which offer is going to entice Tennessee to just go with but if it? But if you're a team like, you know, uh, the Tennessee Titans here, you would probably, you're not going to really get much for these guys if they leave. Because I think Henry, I think is in the final season of his contract. I think Hopkins is only a one-year deal. But yeah. they're probably not going to get a lot of money next season. Yeah, Henry might just because he's got a reputation and Hopkins probably going to get a one-year deal somewhere. Yeah. But if you're a team looking for depth in either the wide uh, receiver spot, because they were saying, uh, like other like the Ravens, for example, rumor came out today they're looking for a running back because they're going with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill right now, which it's like they're they're better. good. They're good maybe if they're your second and third running backs. Yeah. But I think again, with J.K. Dobbins gets injured every year, yeah. right? Well, that's just that the way. You'd be, the but he gets one. injured every year, so that's just the way it is. Like Dalvin Cook, he hasn't looked that great this year. No. So I don't know. Do you really need him? You know, and Henry's, the other thing, though, with Cook is, though, people are putting too much on it, is that his touches have changed, too. So people are, like, one thing I had to look into his shit was to, okay, well, like, why? Like, why, right? And why is he saying, hey, I'm not getting the ball? He's getting eight touches a game. Eight touches a game will not show on the stat line that you look like a good running back. Most guys need a minimum of 12 to, like, 14 touches to actually even get to, like, 80, 90 yards range. Yeah. So he's looked crappier than I think he is. It's just... I think they're going to have to think themselves, hey, do we just start feeding him a little bit more? And, and why it, would you feed him more when you got Bryce Hall, who's been significantly better than... Uh, yeah. So really, I don't he, think... Yeah. Uh, right? Like, that's it. the thing is, if, if there was nobody in front of Dalvin Cook, sure. I don't know if the team like Ravens would take a shot on him. Yeah. But I think a team like a player, sorry, like Henry, 
on the Ravens. Yeah, he with that type of right. They're they're obviously a pass first team, so that's the other issue I think for the Ravens now is they probably also want to try to get a running back. Who can be a little bit better of a catcher too? But if they use like a gust and justice as their catching backs, which they've done really well on receiving, and they made this guy purely like when we give you the ball, we need that first down. They could really fuck around with the system and play like a three-headed beast. How like different teams have done that? That's true. And just ride out two guys that are mostly passing backs, or they come in for hey, we just need like you to go bang out there, and now it's like hey, it's Henry time. Let's feed this guy, feed this guy. I mean, and there's not a lot of teams that are out right there looking for running backs, so, right? So I right understand now. from Tennessee's perspective, they don't have a lot of suitors. Yeah. But if you're gonna live, Henry's gonna leave in the offseason anyways. You might as well see what you can get from now. Now, might as well grab. Same with Hopkins too. Yeah. So I think uh, you know what? That's the uh, end of this episode for NFL. Uh, we'll be back with some NFL fantasy right after this one.